From Vistio, this is CXQA Live. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Hello and welcome to CXQA Live, the home of the agent-centric contact center philosophy. We talk about this every week, how we believe that agents with the right training, tools, and connection with your company are going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your business. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool that you can have for your business. They're going to ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected. They're going to produce more and better work, and they're going to want to stay around and contribute to the long-term success of your company. So today on the show, we have back with us Jeremy Hyde, Director of Customer Service for Sun Country Airlines. Thanks for joining us today, Jeremy. Yeah, good to be here. Always good to join you, Rob. Really appreciate uh, you inviting me back. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, So um, excited to get going with our topic here in a second. A couple of administrative items first. Feel free to engage with us in the chat um, if we can. If you've got a question or something, um, we'll try to uh, ask that during the conversation that we're having. Uh, We are going to be hanging out after this at one of the discussion tables so as soon as we end the event you're back in the lobby where you came in and um, i know i'll be there uh, and jeremy will be there for a little while just to kind of take the conversation a little bit more to a discussion format um, right afterwards and then just want to remind you guys that our episodes are recorded and posted every week on the vistia youtube channel and i would love for you to share that and engage with folks that might be interested in the conversations that we're having. We're finding a lot of people are coming to the conversations that we're having after we've had them and uh, having some good, you know, direct message and private message chats, um, the people that have found it on YouTube. So feel free to share that. Um, but Jeremy, you've been talking about something recently on your social media. That's really interesting to me, what you call a VOA or voice of agent playbook. So tell us, what is a VOA playbook? Yeah, so the, the voice of the agent playbook or the VOA playbook, it's a specific plan for focusing on the engagement and the satisfaction of your team. It's defining specific strategies that are, are of the utmost importance. It's, it's the things that you want to make sure that you get done. You want to make sure they don't lose steam rather than just coming up with ideas on the fly you say, here's our plan. These are the things that we're going to prioritize. We're going to make sure that we do these things. Um, so you just, you have a really clear path forward um, based on what you think is most important and most impactful for the engagement, the satisfaction, the voice of your frontline team members. Gotcha. So maybe you could kind of articulate this. What is the difference between a contact center that wants to do VOA and does some VOA versus one that's trying to utilize a VOA playbook? Because, you know, that you kind of touched on it there a little bit. I mean, there, there's a lot of different types of voice of agent activities that organizations can undertake. Um, and oftentimes, in my observation, companies know they should be doing VOA. They should be listening to the agent. So they do a few things that are voice of the agent. What's the difference between doing some voice of the agent activities and actually having a playbook. 
I think of the the saying, what gets measured gets managed. You know, in those scenarios that you described, we're like, we're doing some stuff. We're trying some things. It just feels, I, I've worked in that environment. I've been part of that environment. I've managed things that way as well. And it just feels messy, chaotic, thrown together. Nobody really knows what to expect. Things are constantly changing. You try one thing for a while and then you try something different for a while and you never really quite get into a groove and it just becomes this extra thing of like, oh, we have to try to remember, you know, like hope isn't a strategy. So if you hope that you do some good things for uh, VOA and for your team members, you're likely not going to have the focus that you need not everybody is on the same page. Not everybody understands what to expect and not everybody understands what their role is, what their accountability is. And so this is a defined, documented plan with specific responsibility, specific accountability. I know what my role is, what I have to do, when I have to do it. Everybody kind of knows what to expect. And that's the difference. It's like you are making this part of your day-to-day in a very clear and specific way Versus just hoping you get to that stuff. That's really good. I mean, there's business and life advice embedded in your answer, right? Like, you know, if you want to talk about something that matters, that's fine. But if you put goals and measurements and accountability in place, then you show that it matters. And I, and I think, I think there's uh, just general wisdom there, but, I guess one of the things, if, if I were on the outside and I was hearing, okay, we got this VOA playbook, and I know you're going to talk about some of the particulars of what's in your VOA playbook. What, one of the things that is honestly too prevalent in my, my personal opinion is a lot of people that will talk about something that worked for them in a very specific situation as though that is a formula for doing the exact same thing. You know, what, what I see in, in what you're sharing is more of a framework playbook, right? It's here, here's some principles and some ideas um, rather, rather than just an exact formula. And, and so that there's the ability for somebody to understand the principles in play, under, understand how they might or might not interact with, your, uh, with their particular situation as compared to yours. Um, but dig into that for just a minute, you know, when you're thinking about sharing information that is to be applied, um, you, you have to think more in terms of a framework than a formula. When it comes to the voice of the agent, there's a bunch of tools uh, that are available. Um, and and what's, what are some of the ways that you would encourage people to evaluate which ones are right for them? Yeah, so totally agree. Like These are ideas that can be put into place. These are things that have worked for me. But just because it's worked for me or it's worked in environments where I've worked doesn't mean you just have to take what Jeremy did or what Jeremy says and apply it to your environment. At a starting point, I think what's most important is that you have a plan, that you have a playbook, regardless of what you put in. Like that's number one is you just you have to have one, Um, not necessarily that you're using mine. But I think if you read through my posts that I wrote on on the topic Perhaps, I mean, take the ideas, like if they work for you, take them. But consider, I guess, like the ideas or the concepts um, and then think about your environment and kind of to your point, like take what works for you, leave what doesn't. 
The main ideas beyond like the specific tactics though are making sure that your team truly has a voice, that they have a venue, that they have a seat at the table, so to speak. Um, and that when you're getting feedback and information from them, you have a structured process in place to take action on it and to close the loop with them and to create visibility. Um, those are the those are kind of the tenants that are most important. And so if you find a better mousetrap, by all means, like build your plan the way that's going to work for you and your team. But if you're at a loss and don't know where to begin, you can also just take mine and plop it in and then iterate and play with it and see what's, you know, oh, this worked a little bit better. This didn't work as well. Um, that, that's how, for me, that's how this whole thing has kind of um, come about. It, it's changed significantly from organization to organization and over time. We tried some things that just failed miserably, just didn't work. And you go, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something again. And so you do, um, it's great to understand kind of best practices, but I do think you really need to kind of take it a bit with a grain of salt and say like, all right, what can I learn from that? And now let me assess my industry, my environment, my team, our culture, and make sure that you make it yours. Yeah, and there are a few things that you did throughout your post. Um, you know, even just, you know, your three main components were the virtual suggestion box, the agent engagement team, and the employee satisfaction survey with an action plan. Action plan is all caps. We were all tracking with you on that one. Um, but, but those are three, you know, relatively general suggestions. In other words, there are a lot of ways you could put together an agent engagement team, right? There are a lot of, within that broader idea, there's a lot of contextual variation that could and should occur. And you mentioned that in your post that focus on the agent engagement team, just picking one, um, out of there. And I think, I think that's, that's what I appreciated about the content was there was enough specificity that it was tangible, but it was not so formulaic that if you didn't feel like the exact way you did it or articulated it would work, that you just didn't see any value in the idea. Um, so thinking about you know the, the ways that voice of the agent comes up in a business conversation, you know, oftentimes there is some business problem such as turnover or some other kind of business problem where a leader outside of the contact center might say to the contact center leadership, hey, what's going on? You know, why are the, the numbers not what they're supposed to be? Or, you know, you know why are we not hitting our, our costs or profitability targets or, you know, what, whatever it is. And, and, and at that moment, you know, a lot of times the contact center leader knows that we need to get more information from the agents to understand what's really going on. Um, take us through that kind of a conversation, Jeremy, generally, when, where you realize there's an opportunity to bring voice of the agent to bear in an organized way. How do you communicate that with that opportunity with the leadership that would help to make it happen? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned this. Oftentimes, this type of work, these plans that we're talking about are driven by something like high attrition. People are leaving. We need to understand why. Once we have a sense of what we think is happening, we need to take action on it. So that, that certainly is a driving force. And that's if you need to try to get buy-in or prove the case or whatnot, 
that's kind of an, an easy one, right? It's like, all right, our attrition is X percent. We have this many hours per year that are unproductive, that we're paying extra payroll and you know all that sort of thing. That can be an easy one. There's a lot of benefit to the business too, though, with this sort of thing. I mean, I think we all recognize that there are things that our frontline team members see and hear that we may never hear about, or it might become a really big problem by the time that we become aware of it, or they have an idea that could just really improve the business. And so, you know, that's another side of it, probably in terms of getting buy-in from other um, stakeholders and, and senior leaders and that sort of thing. With that said, I mean, I think one of the, the great things about some of these ideas and concepts that I included in the playbook is that they don't cost you anything except for some time and effort. And so you don't necessarily need to go and request funding. This doesn't need to be some big thing like, oh, I need to go and present to the executive leadership team on our, like, you might want to keep those people apprised so that you can get credit for the work that you're doing. And you can say, hey, look, our attrition was 100% and now it's 40% or whatever. But you probably don't really need to go and request a bunch of things. You can kind of identify your problems and see how you can be solving them through this sort of playbook. Just go and do it. And then, like I said, though, it's the outcome of these things. Likely there's some good data and some good outcomes that you do want to go and show to these other stakeholders, the other, other partners, the senior leaders, um, so that they kind of understand like how you are driving change. Well, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never managed to contact center before, um, candidly, but it seems like to me, if you create a culture within the contact center in which the voice of the agent is amplified and acted upon and where there is value from the agent's point of view in giving their feedback. They know that it's genuinely wanted and valued in it, that it's acted upon and seen as something uh, that in their own minds is worth investing their time to provide. And that's kind of a, a scenario in which when, and if there are issues with, uh, attrition or some particular component of the agent experience, th there may already be data that exists mm -hmm. to understand it better, or more importantly, it may be something that can be prevented from ever happening. You know, mm -hmm. and so you, you hear a lot of business leaders and organizations say, well, it's too late to start this, or it's too late to start that. It, it seems like to me, this is one of those things that's literally never too late to start. Yep. Um, every minute that you wait to start it is a minute you don't have that feedback and you're not building that culture, mm -hmm. right? And there may be course correction moments where everyone in the organization realizes that it needs to be in place in some form or another. Um, and that could be a good impetus for deciding that now is that moment to, to get started with it. But, but, you know, intertwined throughout your posts, and I would encourage anybody who hasn't uh, jumped on Jeremy's posts. I'm just going to grab the uh, activity link from LinkedIn, for example, and throw it in the chat. Um, you can grab all of his posts there. Got a lot of other great posts too, but um, specifically with the VOA, intertwined through all of it is that idea that it's not about any one activity or any one idea, that it, there's a bigger context of creating a culture 
in which the whole organization, including the agents, recognize the value of agent feedback. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what's really cool about it is once you get started and you prove that this isn't a fad and you prove that you're actually going to do things, you're going to take action, you're going to be transparent. Um, once the team sees that, it just has this amazing snowball effect. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, you have to make sure that you don't lose steam with it, that you don't let it fall by the wayside. And as long as you don't, I mean, every single week, we've got ideas and questions rolling in. And, and often I go, wait, what? I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was happening. Wait, we do what now? I didn't know we did it that way. That's so silly. Why are we doing like the amount of things that get bubbled up to me that I can then help push change on is significant. And the team members, I mean, it's just amazing the feedback that we get from our team members consistently. And like, I'm not going to say that everything about working with us is perfect, right? But the feedback that we get from our team members is often like, I've never worked at a place like this. I've never felt so valued. I've never worked at a place where you care so much about what we have to say that I can see that you're taking our feedback and that you're acting on it. I'll have agents that will just like reach out to me, just ping me directly. Like, hey, I wanted to give you a heads up on something. Um, and then when we close the loop, even if we can't do what they're asking for, thank you so much for explaining why. Thank you so much for giving us background on this topic. And so it's just, it becomes this really, really cool thing. Um, like you said, just about culture and everything, we're just building so much goodwill. And when you have goodwill with your team, um, there's gonna be a day where you need them, right? You need to go out and you need to ask for their help. and whether or not you've built up that goodwill for the last 6, 12, 18, 24 months is going to have an impact on whether or not they're willing to help you and the organization um, out of whatever kind of a bind you're in. And so, you know, I don't want to make this sound like some selfish activity that I'm just like, you know, trying to build up the goodwill so that I can take advantage of it. But really, I mean, the things that get done every day are not because I'm doing them. It's because there's a team of people that are out there working hard, willing to work together, willing to do whatever we need to do to achieve our goals. And the, the willingness of the team to do those things, there's definitely a correlation to this sort of thing, the way that you're treating them, the way that you're giving them a voice and um, the way that you're showing how much you care and respect uh, what they bring to the table. For sure, I mean, we, we all want to work for and with people that we like. Mm -hmm. And we all want to work for a company and a leadership team that values us. And we want to feel like our work matters, right? And we want to feel like our ideas and our desires to contribute to the success of the business is valued. Mm -hmm. And if you take really any or most of that away, you get into a very transactional sort of employee-employer relationship. And unfortunately, a lot of the contact center world has become that. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's changing. I feel like there's a positive movement because mm -hmm. honestly, it started to affect the business outcomes so severely, especially with the pandemic and the opening up of the job market and the reduction in stigma of changing jobs. 
the yeah. ability to change jobs without relocation, all these sorts of things. Uh, we talked about it a lot. Um, so it was already a relatively high remote workforce in the industry, but it, it became highly remote and highly flexible. Um, and, and suddenly the outcomes for businesses on the labor numbers and the cost to hiring retrain with the kind of turnover that treating people like they're just a machine um, was bringing about really, really has changed the conversation. Um, and, and I'm kind of the opinion that um, it's going to be something that tries to correct back, although the growth of AI will mitigate some of that because some of the work that is the most undervalued in the industry will be done by the AI. Um, and so that will bring a little bit of balance. But those companies, those CX organizations that take this seriously will see the value of their agents multiplied, right? Yeah. This is what we talk about every week at the top of the show, right? The little spiel, right? That, you know, the, the agent-centric context center philosophy, it's really a framework for understanding how valuable your agents are and can be and, you know, creating this culture and engaging in this activity of genuinely understanding the point of view of the agent is so critical. A couple of things before we wind up here, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit, you know, contact center leaders that want to engage in new voice of the agent activities potentially have some roadblocks with agents, uh, maybe some cynicism there about any voice of the agent activities. Maybe you can just give us a quick tour of some of the root causes of that you know, cynicism and other roadblocks, and then maybe uh, a little bit of your thoughts about how a contact center leader might overcome that when implementing a, a VOA program with the agents themselves. Yeah, I mean, depending on what has happened in the past and what the current culture of the team is and that sort of thing, you know, if they've seen fads come and go, if they've seen, you know, two-week initiatives that just kind of quietly disappear, and you come out with what appears to be the next fad, um, your team members might be rolling their eyes at you going, you know, whatever, this will be gone next week. And so there has to be this shift over time. Like you have to prove that it's different. Um, you have to prove that you're actually doing things with it. You can't allow yourself to let it go by the wayside to lose the scene. Like you have to be constant and consistent and then helping to create new habits. Like one thing with our with our virtual suggestion box, for example, it took a little bit for that really to get going. But one of the things that me and some of my team members would do constantly, I would see someone say, why don't we, why can't we, we should, you know, insert idea here. And every time, oh, that's a great idea. You should submit it to the virtual suggestion box. I, I would not take it directly. I wanted to get it into the process. And I would tell them, I want to make sure it gets into the formal process so that we can make sure I don't lose track of it and that me and the team can follow up on it and we can you know, close the loop. And, and so by consistently doing that and then showing that we would consistently follow up, then it got people into that habit. Um, the the follow-up is, is so key. I mean everybody always gets a response, always, no matter what. 
And it needs to be like a week or two max. It can't be like three months later, even if it's going to take you months and months, their idea to investigate it and implement it and whatever, you need to be telling them immediately, here's what we're doing or we're not doing. Um, but if you do those things with consistency, then they start to see, hey, this is, this is sticking around. This is real. This has value. And not only following up with the individual, but creating that visibility with the entire team. So it's not just Rob submits eight ideas and Rob finds out what we're doing with Rob's eight ideas. Everybody else needs to see it as well. Um, we, we keep it like anonymous just in case people don't want the, you know, and to be in the spotlight uh, per se with their ideas. But every single idea that comes through that we review and we follow up on, we send out like basically like a newsletter on a monthly basis and say like, here's all the stuff that came through and here's verbatim our response back to that individual. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're not doing. Here's why. Yeah. Um, and so it's all about the action, the visibility, the transparency, the timeliness. Every Monday morning, me and three other leaders get together to review what's come in, what we have that we didn't close out from, you know, maybe the week prior. Um, are we ready to push out the, the newsletter that we're doing? Like, this is something that we're always doing. Um, and so over time, you, you start to break down maybe some of the naysayer kind of roll your eyes. I don't think this is really going to stick around sort of thing because people get it like, nope, this is, we're doing this. This is real and we're going to continue to do it. And they actually care. I think one of the key pieces to what you're saying is that it takes time really to get this, um, this new groove going. Right. And, and it may be something that communicating to all the stakeholders, even those outside of the contact center who might be in a, business sense anxious for some feedback to solve a problem, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think it requires really good communication and expectation management all around, but then the follow through in all directions as well, right? Just to say, hey, and it's still early, but we did receive this critical piece of feedback, you know, share that one up the food chain, um, you know, just little snippets, little moments, little golden nuggets, right? That come out of those early times and then find ways to very, in a very personal and relational and credible way act on whatever you can mm -hmm. that comes out of it so that those who are in it and, you know, are the agents participating in it are seeing that it's being taken seriously just to try to gain traction and, and gain credibility for the process. So um, really good stuff today. Uh, we're, you know, we, we can hang out at the discussion table. Anybody wants to chat it up about this a little bit more, but I highly recommend this series of posts. And looking forward to seeing what you come up with next, my friend. Um, always a pleasure having you on the show and getting to hang with you. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate it. All right. I'll see you at the discussion table. If you're not coming, have a great Tuesday, everybody. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.